Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scottsy Business, and today we're here with Jonathan Brown, who is the CEO and founder of Mix. And can you start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself? So, uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm from Northern Ireland originally, and uh, I've been uh, essentially traveling around the world for the past few years. Um, I've been a, a web developer. Uh, I was part of the, the Drupal community for ten years, and then in in 2013, I I got into into Bitcoin and then Ethereum, and I, I wanted to build a, a decentralized uh, publishing platform, essentially a, a decentralized Reddit. So I've been I've been working on that for the the past four years, and the the project it's really it's it's become usable for the first time. So now we have a, a desktop application. Awesome, awesome. So with everything that you've got going on, how busy is your day? Like, what does your day look like on? Uh... On an average basis, um, it it depends. Um, I've been working very hard this this summer to actually uh, to to put out the app. Um, so it's you know it can be a combination of doing a lot of work with 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 development, um, but then uh, you know there's uh, a whole other side to the project with um, with with making videos, um, you know writing writing doc writing documentation. So there's um, there's a lot of different things I have to work on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's just get right into it. Can you start off by just giving us a brief introduction to Mix? Yeah, so Mix is based on a, a clone of Ethereum, and it, it uses IPFS. So these are the, the, the two main technologies. So anytime you, you publish a, a piece of content, there's a, an on-chain transaction. And the, the content itself will be stored in a file in, in IPFS, so it can be it can be propagated to everyone who wants to, to see your content. Uh, but one of the one of the main distinguishing features is that almost everything you do is an on-chain transaction. So even if you have an, an emoji reaction to a piece of content, that's still an an on-chain transaction. Uh, so this means it's uh, it's it's totally un uncensorable. That's awesome. Uh, just for anyone who isn't aware of what IPFS is, do you want to just give a quick uh, summary? Yes. Yeah, so IPFS, in uh, in some ways, it's actually quite similar to to BitTorrent, but it's uh, it's created twenty years after BitTorrent. So it's a uh, it's a decentralized file system. So you publish a file on your computer, you get an identifier, and then anyone in the world who has that identifier, they can request that file and IPFS will will find you know, will find it somewhere so that might be on the computer of the person who originally published the file or maybe a lot of people are actually sharing the file and maybe someone sitting next to you already has the file and in that case IPFS will just get it from the from the person next to you so this is it's a very modern system for distributing files and it, it's essentially a, a modern replacement for for HTTP yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So your your site and your project shares uh, a massive ecosystem with a bunch of other big names in blockchain. Do you want to share a little about how you got that going and and how that all works? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, you know I've I've done a lot of research selecting different technologies. You know what, what I wanted to use, um, and so obviously you know I settled on Ethereum and and IPFS. 
Uh, I use uh, a, another technology from from Google called protocol buffers. So that's that's the technology for actually uh, you know storing any kind of uh, any, any kind of content into a, a binary file. And I use uh, another open source technology from Google called called Brotly. So that's a, a very powerful compression algorithm. So it it actually comes uh, it it comes prepackaged with a a, a built-in dictionary. So most uh, you know most compression algorithms you have to give them a large amount of content so they can actually become more efficient. Uh, so they're not good at compressing small files. Whereas with a lot of content, if you're just you know typing in a you know a, a few words in in a comment or a, a blog post or something, it won't necessarily compress that well with uh, with regular compression, but with 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 broadly even a even a small piece of content can be can be shrunk down. So that's uh, um, that's an important uh, an important part of the technology stack. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so what gave you the idea to start this? I know you talked about you wanted to kind of create a decentralized Reddit. Um, but how did how did it all start? Like, when did you first start to uh, to start, you know, getting the idea, start actually putting it into action, and, and how did that play out? So I think it was uh, around 2015. You know, so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole uh, block size scaling debate in in Bitcoin. Um, obviously, uh, uh, with with Bitcoin, we've got the the one megabyte blocks, and then with uh, with, with Bitcoin Cash, we you know, we've got 32 megabyte blocks and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I was uh, in, in my mind, uh, my expectation for Bitcoin was always that the the blocks should uh, you know keep increasing in size, and it's up to the the miners to actually you know they they should be able to decide if they want to mine a large block and then they get to uh, um, you know that's a risk for them if they mine a block that's that's too big. Um, and so it, it kind of became clear to me just from the, the sentiment online that, uh, you know, we weren't going to have uh, large blocks. Um, so I was kind of disappointed with that. And then at the same time, Ethereum was really coming to fruition. So uh, there was so much creativity happening in Ethereum. And then it seemed like Bitcoin was reaching this, this dead end. So I thought, right, I'm just going to start going into Ethereum and it's, it really, it, it makes so much sense to me that when you publish uh, any kind of message, like even if it's just a, a tweet or an image or a video, you should be able to publish with, without an intermediary. Um, and it, it just seems so wrong that, you know, we're all using these, these centralized uh, corporations to publish our messages through. Um, and so this this really tied into uh, what was happening with uh, with with the block size debate because there was actually a lot of censorship going on on uh, on the Bitcoin subreddit and with uh, the the Bitcoin Talk website. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just uh, I I find that frustrating, and it was a a very clear example of how censorship can just uh, control the narrative to the extent that. You know, the vast majority of people don't even know that it's happening. You know, it's uh, um, you have the situation where um, you know if, if you look at a a subreddit, you know, you don't know what hasn't been uh, well, you don't know what's been censored because you 
you can't see it. Um, and and this, uh, this, this really affects like whole, whole communities. And this is just one example. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so this, this is one, one catalyst for why I wanted to build decentralized social media. Um, but yeah, it's it just, more, more broadly, it just, it makes, it makes so much sense to me. So that, that summer, um, that was, uh, summer of 2015 and Ethereum launched, I, I learned the, the Solidity programming language and started thinking about how, um, you know, how would it be possible to actually, uh, build, uh, build a decentralized publication platform with, with this technology. Um, and yeah, that was really the, the genesis of it. And, and now four years later, all the, the smart contracts are, are mature and I, I have a, a desktop app. Um, although it's, it's actually, it's not running on the, the Ethereum mainnet. It, it's running on a, a clone of Ethereum. It's, it's a separate blockchain. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tested it out a little bit myself. So let's talk about mix. It's, is it mix acuity? Is that, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So mix acuity, how does it work and what is the benefit of people using it and how do they get started? Okay, so it's uh, it's really I've I've just launched the the stable version in the past few weeks. So it's uh, it's it's the first version that's actually usable, but there's um, there's still a lot of usability improvements. So uh, just just yesterday, I was actually I, I did a, an an on onboarding session. So it was my first time of being able to have a, a group of people in in a room together with everybody creating their accounts. And that was, it's very interesting. I mean, there weren't any uh, show stopping bugs. So it was good that it's, it all worked, but of course it's, good. it's, it's very revealing when uh, you have a group of people, you know, not familiar with the project that you've been working on for four years. And then, uh, you know, of course they, they need a little guidance with the, the user interface because uh, you know, they're, they're not familiar with it. And so there's, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of tweaks I can make to, to make it more user friendly. Um, but the, the basic idea with, with mix security is that it's a desktop app for, for windows, Mac and Linux. So, um, you can, you can install it on your system and it actually, when the first time you run it, so it will set up a, a full node for, for mix blockchain and it will run IPFS. So these are the two main technologies. So it just takes about. Uh, it might take w w one minute to to get set up the first time, and then it brings you into the application, and you have to uh, you can create an account, and well to do that you actually you need a small amount of the the mixed cryptocurrency, um, so that that is uh, it is it is a barrier to entry, but because you're you know because you're paying for your own transactions, you're paying to publish, even though it's just this this tiny fee, it's, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, a hundredth of, of one US cent um, to, you know, to publish a comment or whatever. Uh, you still need a little bit and you need a little bit to get started to, to publish your, your account. Um, but then once, once you're in, then you can, uh, uh, you can add your friends to a, a trust network. So this is the, the system of controlling who you're getting content from. Um, it's, it's very important on a, on a decentralized system. You know, there's no, uh, uh, there's, there's no parental figures, uh, controlling, you know, what, 
what's happening on the platform. So it's more like with with the regular web. So you're kind of it's it's your responsibility for uh, who you're inter interacting with, um, what you're publishing, what you're consuming. Mm -hmm. uh, so having a, a trust network of, of people, uh, you know, you, you want to receive content from that's, that's a, a really important way just to, to control your experience. And so how the, the trusted account system works is that, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're adding people that you trust, but then everyone you trust has their own pool of people that, that they trust. So any, you know, if you're looking at a, um, for example, a, a comment hierarchy, for a, you know, maybe someone's posted a, a blog post and then people are discussing it below, then you're only going to see comments from either someone you trust directly or uh, maybe the, the author of the comment is trusted by someone you trust. So you have that, that extra degree of separation. Um, so what this actually means is that, you know, you're, you're kind of curating, uh, you're, 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 you're curating people uh, for the people that that trust you, so you know if someone's going to trust you, they're kind of relying on you having a good selection of people that that you trust. And mm -hmm. you know maybe uh, you know if, if you start trusting a few people who are like publishing, you know, a lo low quality content, then uh, you know people are going to start untrusting you. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the that, that's kind of the mechanism for for controlling, uh, you know, just. Uh, receiving, receiving high quality content. And so one, 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 one question there, would it be like obvious if I saw a, you know, a spammy post, would it be obvious that that came from, you know, so-and-so from my network of trust? Like, would I be able to easily identify that? And if you click on the, on the username of the person who's published the comment, so then you, you see a lot of information about about that user. So first of all, you'll have a, a shield icon. So this is, it's kind of like on, on Twitter, where um, obviously, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, the authorities on, on Twitter, they can decide who gets the, the check mark for authenticity and uh, to an extent sort of uh, approved opinions, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, with quality, so, feet, uh, the quality yeah. filter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, it's it's it looks like that, but actually you get to decide. Every user gets to decide who who gets the the tick. So this is actually this is how um, it's indicated. If some if you either you trust someone directly or you're trusting them via an intermediary. So if mm -hmm. if the shield is kind of just the the outline of the shield, then that means you're not trusting them at all. If it's a shield with a, a tick, that means you're trusting them directly. But if it's just a, a filled-in shield, then this means that you're not trusting them directly, but there's an intermediary. And then further down in, in the profile page, it can actually, um, it'll give you a list of all the, it's, it's called like uh, uh, trusted that trusts. So it's like a list of people you trust that, that trust them. So, mm. you know, maybe if, if you, you're thinking, well, who is, who is giving me this this low quality person? I don't want to see their content, and then it, it gives you the list of, uh, you know, who who is the the intermediaries. Um, okay. But but then you can actually you can you can override the trust system. So you know maybe uh, that that one intermediary you're like, well, I want to be trusting this person, and there there's just this one other account they're trusting that I I don't want to see that one. So you can actually 
uh, you can over you can override the trusted accounts system for for any given account. You can give them a, a hard blacklist or or a hard whitelist. Uh, so if you know if you blacklist someone, this means you know no matter who is trusting them, you're just never going to see their content. Mm. Or if you whitelist, it means that you're not actually adding them to your trust network, so no one else knows that you you trust them, but you're always going to see their content. So the the whitelisting and blacklisting that's actually that's just stored locally in the application, so no one knows who you're whitelisting or black or, or blacklisting. So that's kind of that's an important feature because you know you don't always want it to be to be known publicly who's you know who's who's in your network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, that uh, that that's really interesting. Um, in terms of in terms of the trust network. Is there a way to see kind of everything? Like if you just wanted to, like regardless of who you trusted or didn't trust, like especially I'm assuming when people are first starting off, you might just want to see everything that's out there. Is there a way to just completely just turn that all off and just see everything or, you know, toggle between that at times? So if if you look directly at a, at a piece of content, um, then... It, it always brings up that piece of content. So this uh, um, this trusted accounts filtering. That's more you know if you're looking at a specific topic, you know which uh, which pieces of content appear under the topic or in in terms of replies. So um, yeah, if, if you go directly to a piece of content, you it will come up in front of you. Um, but yeah, I, there is it would be fairly easy for me to add that option, just kind of display everything. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll add that to the to the app because yeah, that that can be useful. And depending on on what you're actually doing, you know, you know, maybe you're in your little community and actually, you know, just having this this trust network is fine for who you want to talk to. But if you're you know if you're looking at uh, you know hotel reviews on the other side of the world, you know, the person posting that review is not necessarily going to be somewhere in your trust network. So in that situation, mm -hmm. you do have to. You know, it might be more, uh, it might be more suitable to have, uh, you know, some some other system of of moderation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, where would you say that your project fits in with other projects that are similar, or or how does yours stand out from you know projects that are somewhat similar in 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 the uh, in the social blockchain uh, realm? Well, there's. There's so much innovation going on. Um, I mean, I I really believe that there's going to be a, an explosion of these decentralized social media platforms. Um, I mean, like I, I could just mention how you know any any developer on these platforms is a, a first class citizen. So, although I've I've built my platform, you know, any any developer can do whatever they want. They can extend the platform in any way, and that's uh, you know the, the potential for developers to just to uh, you know just to innovate is you know that's that's huge and so I I think you know that's one of the most important reasons why um, you know these uh, these old giants of, of social media will will start looking pretty archaic because they're so you know they're so inflexible um, mm. and so you know with with these new um, you know with with these new social media platforms coming online they Although they all have a similar goal of, um, you know, being decentralized, being 
censorship resistant and so on. Uh, everyone is innovating in in very different ways. I mean, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible just to see there's so many different different approaches are are being are being taken. Um, you know, obviously with uh, with with Steam. So that's um, you know that's you know they've been around for years now. They're one of the you know the first real uh, decentralized social media platforms, and obviously mm -hmm. they've had a a lot of traction. Um, and then there's there's so many more projects coming online. Uh, so a, a big distinction is kind of is it just uh, a clone of Twitter, but it's still centralized, you know. So obviously, with with something like Gab, where a lot of you know people maybe um, further on on the right, they weren't happy with with Twitter, you know, which tends to be more more kind of left leaning. So then, mm -hmm. you know, they, they thought, well, okay, we're we're just going to make a, a home for ourselves with uh, with our own platform. But it's still it's 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 as far as I can tell, it's it's basically it's very similar to Twitter, and it's also it's a, it's kind of a centralized platform, so it's just like in a way that's kind of decentralized because you're just uh, it's it's like how you can you can choose your search engine, so like search is kind of decentralized, but um, what, they're what trying to decentralize, but it's not really decentralized. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, so when people start uh, you know using more decentralized technologies such as 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 IPFS as as, as blockchain. You know, this is uh, this is the way to really uh, to make platforms that are are totally uncontrolled, um, and so you know when I I watch lots of interviews with other um, you know other people working on decentralized social media I, I try out different different platforms, and then at, at some point there's uh, you know you, you get it, someone will ask them a really good question that kind of like just gets gets directly to the point like you know what if uh you know what if this happens what if uh uh what, what if kind of unsavory characters come on come on the platform uh and then you know it's it's very revealing how how they respond to that because quite often you know almost every decentralized social media platform has you know they they do have that you know even if you just have that tiny bit of control that's mm -hmm. enough where they they have the ability to censor, and if you have that ability, then you really you have to use it, you know, in extreme circumstances mm -hmm. because otherwise it's it's irresponsible. Yeah. Whereas if uh, you know with, with the original design of the web, which is decentralized, you know, anyone can publish what they want on a website. Anyone can can look at what they want. So you know, we we don't have. People talking about well, yeah, it's it's okay to censor these topics because you know they're wrong, so we have to censor them. Uh, you know, there wasn't that discussion with the web because it wasn't actually it wasn't possible. Not really. It's it's you know to to actually shut down a website you know requires some uh, um, you know some fairly strong government action. It doesn't actually happen overtly very often. Um, so that's that's kind of a clear thing. Like, is is the platform really decentralized, or or is it not? Um, and then, of course, you know, people quite quite often ask the question with blockchain projects, like why why put it on a blockchain? So there's uh, like there's a a platform called Secure Scuttlebutt. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I haven't heard of that. No, I'll have to um, check it out though. 
So that's, um, I'm not that familiar with it, but I've, I've seen a, a few interviews with the founder and it seems like they've got a lot of traction. So it's, uh, I think the developer is from New Zealand and it's an example of how you can do decentralized social media uh, without, without a blockchain. Um, oh, okay. So it's, and, and the, the technologies you choose, it, it really affects, you know, the, the properties of the system. Um, you know, for one thing, you know, you, you have, um, you know, some techno some technologies are more ephemeral than others. So if, if you do have, have the blockchain, it means if, you know, maybe in a hundred years time, if you have, uh, some, uh, you know, some, some digital archeologists and they, they want to know like, what were people saying back then because it's on the blockchain, because these, uh, these IPFS hashes are being written into the blockchain. We can, you know, it's it's such a, a strong uh, record. You know, everything is timestamped on the blockchain. So this is like the, in some ways, it's like the most extreme form of of decentralized social media because it's it's totally uncontrolled. But it's also it's you know every every single thing you do is archived for for eternity. You know, so it's it's kind of a funny feeling. You know, you're just like typing a a reply to someone and then you know you hit publish and then you know that that's you know until the end of civilization that's that's going to be there um whereas if you're on a more ephemeral platform then um you know that's not necessarily going to be the case but then that that has its own its own use cases you know every every platform works in a in a different way um and mm -hmm. the, you know ultimately the the user has to has to decide you know for any you know, for any given purpose, you know, how, um, you know, do they want to spend a, a small fee to publish or, you know, are they just putting out a lot of, a lot of communication that isn't even going to matter, you know, in a month's time. And so, you know, maybe it's better to use a different platform for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think steam does something, well, steam does something similar with that when in terms of like uh, messaging other people, you have to send some sort of like amount of steam to actually message someone. Um, so I think that people from that community, it'll be pretty familiar coming over to here. And, and I think that's really important for, you know, combating spam and, and all the rest of it. You have to have some sort of deterrence there as well as, you know, you want the people who are using it to actually be invested in some sense, like have a little bit of skin in the game if they're going to be, uh, you know, saying whatever they're going to say. So, where do you see the project going in the next year and then in the next like five years? Okay. So the, the main thing for the next year is to really get people using the application. Um, and there's, you know, there's different reasons why people would, would want to do that. So it's, you know, some people are experiencing, uh, you know, real pain, you know, some people are being deplatformed, demonetized, you know, so, you know, there, there is kind of real anger existing for some people on, mm -hmm. on the existing platform. So this is, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for them to, to try something new. Um, mm. And then of course, the other thing is the, the innovation. So actually at the moment, there's, there's so much low hanging fruit for me. There's, there's so many things I can implement in the application. So I just, I just want to keep going and, adding adding new features and you're know, getting feedback from users um but yeah really just to you know expand the 
the number of users and and to to get real traction on the site and to see uh, see how the trust network evolves. I mean, there's there's so many interesting things. Like you know, anyone can uh, actually scan the whole blockchain and uh, you know harvest all that information. It's it's an entirely public system. Um, and then there's so much great analysis you could do of that. So, you know, I, I can imagine, you know, someone will uh, make a, like a 3D animation of like how the trust network kind of grew, like from the beginning, you know, it might create this, this big structure. Um, so there's a lot of potential with that. Um, and then, well, one, one major feature that I'm going to be enabling is, uh, is, is creator tokens. So this, uh, you know, this is my solution to you know, the question of how, how do we pay content creators? And I've actually, I've been thinking about this, you know, for probably 18 years or something like that. Um, and it was, I think in, in 2008, I, I went to a presentation in Edinburgh by, by Mike Masnick of Tech Dirt. And, uh, that was, uh, that was phenomenal because I'd, I'd always been asking this question, um, you know, if, if we want to uh, embrace piracy, embrace open source, uh, you know, not have, not, not have paywalls, um, you know, just have this free flow of, of information, uh, not have advertising that's irritating, but if, what if there was a way to actually, uh, you know, have, have all that, but then um, still be able to, to pay everyone in a, in a free market way. I mean, that would be the, you know, that would be incredible. Um, but of course, uh, you know, it, it just seemed like it, it just seemed impossible. Like how, how could you ever come up with such a system? Um, and then when I, I saw this presentation by Mike, Mas by Mike Masnick and he had really, he had worked it all out, um, and gave many examples of, for example, with, with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. So he's always been really innovating with business models where he, he wouldn't even bother to, um, to try to protect, to, to protect his media. He's kind of, he's creating this world-class media, giving it away for free to everyone. To everyone. Um, and then he would come up with great innovative business models. So he would sell box sets at you know, various price tiers, some of them extremely expensive. Uh, you know, some of them will cost hundreds of dollars. Um, and actually, uh, the, the hardcore fans, they, they would, they would buy this because they, you know, they cared so much about the brand and it's, it became part of their personal brand that they want this, uh, they want this physical item. This is proof, like, look how much I'm giving. Um, mm -hmm. because if, if you just, if you just have a, if you just have a tip jar, um, anyone who's experimented with that, it, it never really is very effective because, uh, okay, you know, you've donated, the person knows they've received something. Maybe they know that, that you donated it, but other than that, um, you know, there's nothing to show for it. There's not necessarily any, uh, any accountability of like what's, what's going to happen to the money and this sort of thing. Um, so and and you know, learning about this from uh, from Mike Masnick, this was all this was like a year before Bitcoin was even released. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been thinking about that a long a long time. And so what I'm implementing on on Mix is the concept of of creator tokens. So the and and this is this is an untested concept, but I I think it can work. 
um, and maybe you can you can let me know what you think. Um, yeah, absolutely. So so the the idea is uh, um, as a as a content creator, you can you can activate a token. So this is kind of similar to like an, an ERC twenty token on Ethereum. You know, it can be freely traded. So when you create the token, you actually you specify uh, how much of the token you want to get paid every day. So maybe you know you're you've got a, a popular YouTube channel and uh, you create a token for your channel and you as the, the creator, you're getting continually paid in in your own token. So as soon as you activate the token, um, this is actually it's already in in mixed security, but it's you have to enable the, the developer mode to to try it out. So as soon as you as soon as you enable the token, then you start getting paid immediately. So you're the only one who gets paid directly by the system. But of course, to begin with, this this token is uh, you know it, it's it's totally worthless. It's worth it's worth nothing because you know you're just you're the only person holding it. Um, mm. And then, of course, to monetize what you're doing, you want to be able to to sell this token. You know there has to be a reason why why people want to buy it. And the mechanism for that is it's it's really it's a way of of gamifying uh, the the purchasing and holding of these tokens. So if you look at anyone's profile, you can you, you can see how many uh, tokens they have for you know for any, any given content creator. And you can you can look at the token and you know you can see a rich list of who has you know who is holding the the, the most units of, of this token. Mm, so uh, like so, a leaderboard. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because because this uh, and you know because you're you're volunteering to to make this information public, this is as, as a fan, you're actually declaring you know I'm a I'm a real fan. Look at me, look how big a fan I am. This is who I'm supporting. Uh, you know, so you're associating yourself with the brands and you're you're proving to the content creator that you're a real fan. And you're proving to everyone else, you know, how much you're you're giving. Uh, and then this is actually um, it, it, it gamifies it because you know in a lot of these a lot of these communities, you know, in any subculture, people can get very very competitive. Um, you know, it's like a, it becomes this this game like who uh, you know who is the the strongest person within the subculture. You know, who's the most important and this kind of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I, I think there would be like um, like social recognition for you know, say like a very big influencer, the top, like the person holding the most of their creator coin would get some sort of social recognition just for holding that coin uh, from someone who's got a lot of influence. So then, I think that would be really, really interesting seeing how people try to acquire certain coins to uh, just just for the social recognition if even if you know aside even from uh, do I like this influencer it could even just be like I want to appear on their leaderboard so I think that's really really interesting yeah and then you know once uh, once every influencer has their own token traded on the free market with a, a market cap you know that's uh, that starts to make things very interesting I mean obviously, well, with with Instagram, you know, I, I think they've uh, they just removed uh, you know being able to see how many likes people have and and this sort of thing. Um, mm. So that was quite controversial in in Instagram. 
but you know, like how many views you get for a YouTube video? Like, what what does that even mean? Uh, you know, are they fake views? What if you know? What if you know it's one view, but there were twenty people watching? I mean, it's it's such a you know, it, it, it's like a meaningless metric, but everyone's like, mm. you know, they want you know some some videos, some music videos got like twenty million views. It's just like it's kind of this number, like uh, it's 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 like a it's just an indicator of of popularity, but it's it's actually kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. um, so with uh, and and you can say the same for uh, you know cryptocurrency market cap. I mean, market cap is a terrible measure. Uh, of kind of um, you know the the success or even uh, you know how much how much money is really in, uh, in in a cryptocurrency. You know everyone knows that market cap is a, a bad metric, but yet it's kind of the the best one we have. Um, mm. So what what I'm kind of uh, what I'm thinking is instead of instead of ranking these tokens and these influencers by by market cap, you could actually you could use you could use a different metric where you actually because you know how many tokens they're getting paid per day, and you know the market value of, of the token, so you could actually, you could rank them by how much, uh, well, essentially by how much the market cap is expanding per day. Um, so how much how much they're getting paid per day to do what the, what they're doing. So I think that might be uh, a better metric. So um, you know, in the in the the blockchain lingo, you would call it a, a Sybil resistant mechanism. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to uh, to. I think it. I think that would be hard to to you know to to to, to kind of break that that system. It would be a, a strong measure of you know who is actually uh, well ma making the most money. I guess that's the you know that's that's a good metric. Um, and and then you could have the situation. You know, obviously on uh, on social media, every so often there's uh, you know th there's some drama. You know, some some news will come out about something and then everyone gets angry. So if uh, you know, this would tie very closely with how much the token's being traded for. So maybe someone's very successful and then there's a, a scandal and uh, uh, you know, their, their, their token price collapses because everyone's like, Oh, I don't want to be associated with them anymore. So I'm going to sell. And then, Oh, and then it turns out it was all a lie. You know, actually it was somebody else. And then everyone's like, okay, let's, buy back in again um, so uh, there's there's a lot of interesting dynamics that that could happen I think um, so actually I've I, I, this is all kind of it, it is in the application at the moment but it's still um, it's still experimental I've also I've deployed there's a, a decentralized exchange called uniswap which is becoming very popular on on ethereum mainnet so the the uh, the actual the the idea for this was actually invented by Vitalik Buterin. So he, he just mm. wrote a paper about it. And then I think he didn't implement it himself. It was uh, another developer implemented it. And this is actually being extremely popular because you have a, a decentralized exchange. You can trade any ERC-20 tokens just without having uh, um, you know, all, all the usual complexities of uh, um, of using an exchange or you know having to do KYC and all this sort of thing um, and it's well it, it's an interesting technology because it doesn't actually have an order book which is uh, mm -hmm. it uses it's a totally different kind of exchange so it kind of it just works like a, a slot machine 
So mm -hmm. if you know you have your balance of, of mix in, in the application and then you want to, to buy the token of you know some influencer you like, so you just uh, you know you, you, you just put in the mix and then you get you get back the, the token. Um, mm. you know, so, so it means that, uh, yeah, you can, uh, very easily just, uh, you know, change your holdings, you know, switch your, your holdings from one influencer to another. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the token, it, there's a lot of things that the influencer can do with the token. So it's not, it's not just about gamifying the token based on, you know, how much, how much every fan is in possession of. There's endless scope for innovation where, you know, it might be if, if you want to attend this conference or this this concert, uh, you know, you have to have accrued X number of tokens or something like that. Like there's it, there's endless things you can do to uh, to try and incentivize the the purchasing of, of your token. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's very interesting because um, I, I think it was like two years ago or something. I, I was wondering why well when i was first getting into crypto i was wondering like why wouldn't influencers all just have their own token like some sort of digital asset that they would offer and um you know it never really happened because i mean obviously there's a lot of complications around them each launching their own like cryptocurrency and blockchain um but i think yeah this is a very very interesting way to to bring that uh to the masses so that'll be really interesting to see how people play around with that and I, I just read your blog about it so i'm i'm interested to to try testing that out as well um so i don't know if you i don't know if you really touched on the next five years do you have like um a very long-term vision for or for how the next five years might play out or the ideal scenario that it would look like five years from now um so you know assuming the project becomes you know wildly popular um there is uh of course with blockchain technology there's always the uh the concern for for scalability um and because i wanted to do all on on-chain transactions for for just about everything so that was part of the decision to actually have a clone of ethereum because uh you know on ethereum you know transactions they it costs a few cents now but because this is with with mixed blockchain it's it's a separate uh, in, independent blockchain with you know not a lot of transactions because it's it's a blockchain for this project so this means everything you do is you know a, a thousandth of a, a cent or whatever um but if you know if we were getting you know uh you know more than like a, a hundred posts per minute or something like that um at that point it might it, it might start to actually get more expensive and then of course, that under, undermines the you know the the whole platform. Um, so I'm it's it's running on the uh, you know it's it's now called the Ethereum 1.x movement. So although Ethereum is moving on to uh, you know 2.0 at some point, um, there's a lot of people still um, still improving Ethereum 1.x, and there's uh, so they they just announced the the upcoming hard forks for for Ethereum 1.x. And almost every change they are doing is to reduce gas costs. So um, Ethereum 1.x is becoming more efficient, although it's still uh, it's nowhere near as efficient as 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 efficient as as blockchains can be. Um, so that that kind of I have a lot of scalability runway. 
but uh, of course, you know, it, it will run out at some point. Uh, so I, I kind of, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm following kind of two tracks. So one track is to follow Ethereum 1.x, but then, and, and to keep that going as long as possible. But then at some point, you know, the project will have to be re rebuilt with, uh, uh, with, with more modern technologies. And of course, at, at the moment, there's so many uh, new platforms. When I started this, it was really just uh, Ethereum and not a lot of other projects. But now there's, there's endless, endless blockchain construction kits. So um, at, at some point, the project will have to be rebuilt. But I'm gonna, I want to wait as long as possible to, to do that. Um, but yeah, I just I want to um, just have as many developers innovating, uh, you know, just I, I want it to be out of control. Um, so, you know, there, there's certain ways to facilitate that. You know, obviously at the moment it's this sort of monolithic application. Um, there is another application called called Double Plus that's that's being developed. That's more of a, a web app. Mm -hmm. um, we need, uh, you know, we need Android app. For example, um, but also with like within within my app within Mix Security, there's potential for either having plugins where people can, you know, kind of like in, in a web browser, you can add a plugin. So if you want to add certain functionality, it could be a, a plugin you enable, or it you know it could actually have its own little app store. So you would you know a, an application that's really just another another piece of content. So rather than just forking my whole projects and making you know another version of mix security that works a little bit differently you could just have like a, a, a micro application that you know you can you can download and that would just do something within the application because you want to you know maybe uh you don't want to use the trusted account system maybe you've got a whole other idea for how you control content curation you know maybe you want some kind of uh moderation system where people can Vote in moderators or something like that. Um, mm. You know that that could be a, like a, a plugin or a, a separate application. Um, so there's uh, yeah, it's there's just endless uh, endless innovations I, I can make. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, when is the next big update or, or, or what is the next big update that you see um, coming out in the near future? I know you just launched, so, but. Well, the, uh, you know, the, the token functionality I've just been discussing. So that's an app that's currently in, in development mode. So you can use it, but it's, just, it's experimental. So actually getting that uh, in, in production and you know, so people can actually use it. Um, that that'll be uh, that that'll be a, an important milestone for the project. Um, also, I want to to add video functionality. Um, you know, back back when I was a, a Drupal developer, I actually I built a, a Drupal module that it actually added YouTube functionality to your to your your Drupal website, so you could upload video, and this would be uh, transcoded on on the back end. Um, so it's it's fairly easy for me to uh, to implement the same thing with uh, with with mix security. Um, so I'm uh, yeah, I, I really want to add the video functionality. No, absolutely. Um, 
My next question is, what is the current user base size, and do you know how well it's growing? I mean, this is a pretty preliminary question since you literally just launched. So, I mean, if there isn't a, a, like a solid answer yet, then, then that's fine, too. Um, I mean, it's uh, like on, on the Discord channel, we've got almost a thousand people. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm encouraging people to, uh, to start use the application and actually instead of discussing the project on discord, we should be discussing it with the application because that's, that's becoming viable. Um, yesterday I, I just ran, a, a an, an on onboarding session. So yep. that was really the, the first time where in, in one room we could all sit down, everybody made their accounts. Some people were on like windows, Mac or Linux, and, uh, there weren't any like showstopper bugs, you know, it was, interesting for me just to see how it runs on, on different people's computers. Mm -hmm. And then we, we created the, the trust network, um, just within the room. And you know, that was, that was fascinating to watch. Um, and then everyone, everyone was able to, to post content. Um, but yeah, there, there isn't, uh, there's not a lot of users at the moment. It's kind of like I've, I've opened the gates and now everyone needs to kind of, to, to come in. Yeah, you heard him, everyone. Make sure to join. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I guess you're mainly focused on just working on development, but do you have any plans to attend any events? Or maybe if not this year, do you plan on a, trying to get so, to some events next year? What are your, what are your thoughts there? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I have promoted this project in, uh, in events all, all over the world. Um, I... So in, in September, well, you know, just in just a few weeks, there's the, the Bitcoin Cash uh, City Conference in, uh, in, in Townsville, Queensland. So mm. I, I would like to go to that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to make it, but uh, I'd love to go there because um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of people attending that conference who have the right kind of mindset. They'd be very interested in, in a project like this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think in the meantime, I really, I want to, to concentrate more on, uh, just on development. Cause it seems like there's, there's so much low hanging fruit where I can just, uh, I can implement so many things and, uh, you know, travel and going to conferences. It, it just takes, uh, it's so much, uh, time and energy and, and money, you know, it's, uh, so I think for, for the next few months, I really want to just concentrate on uh you know, on making the app as, as good as it can be yeah yeah no absolutely so last question then um where can everyone go to learn more about this and uh what are your social handles that they can follow so the the website for for mix as a whole is mix-blockchain.org for for the application for mix security it's uh mix-acuity.com uh, my my personal Twitter handle is Blue Droplet. Um, so I think uh, yeah I, I think if you if you go to to mix-blockchain.org you can uh, uh, you'll be able to to find everything from from there. Awesome. And is there anything else that you'd like to say to the audience before we end this off? Um, I I don't think so. Um, just uh, thanks for for having me on and. Uh, I'm very interested to uh, to see how uh, this whole this whole space evolves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much again for coming on. Everyone, make sure to go and check out Mix. And um, yeah, this was a really great chat. I think I learned a lot myself. So, you know, everyone, make sure to get on there and check that out. Thanks again. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>